Ahoy there, folks. Welcome back to Vikes on the Mic, where we bring you the stories of current and former members of the UVic Vikes. Uh, today, we're bringing you part two of Schwab's story, uh, where he uh, embarks on his unfinished business uh, by joining the UVic Vikes in their golden 2015 cross-country quest. Um, if you missed part one, uh, that was the previous episode, be sure to check it out uh, to find all about his, uh, his background story uh, before coming to UVic. Um, and without further ado, here's part two with Schwab. So, yeah, I, th- I started like trying a little bit and I, I don't know exactly when, but I kind of met up with the team at, for the first time, maybe in the fall of 2014. I remember that. Yeah. I remember seeing this dude. I was like, wow, he looks like a good soccer player. It's <laughs> like, just like so, you were doing like these warm up drills and it's like, wow, like, man, he like, I wonder if he, I wonder what, if he's tried running. Like, what an like, athlete. <laughs> Are you uh, ditched the basketball shorts over the? I, split I had shorts? ditched it, but by that point, yeah, I would yeah, fully embraced fully the split embraced. shorts. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I just showed up to like a, a practice, I think, early in the cross country season in twenty fourteen at right. Beacon Hill Park, and um, I had yeah, I wasn't very fit, but figured it'd be good to just maybe show up from time to time and get to know maybe some of the team, and it helped keep me accountable. Um, and uh, I think I started training with the team a lot more later that year in the winter and spring. I showed mm-hmm. up a little more often. And then I think um, I enrolled at UVic in uh, the winter, so the new year, 20, 2015. 2015, January 2015 yeah. is when I enrolled. And I wasn't on the team at that point, but just like kind of training and was yeah, went to practice every day and stuff and got to know the guys a little bit and it was fun. And yeah, at that point I wasn't like very confident in my fitness or like being able to even get back to the level that I was at before I had stopped. I think I'd, I'd left Finley with PBs of 14.42 and 30.36 on the track and just figured it'd be cool just to be able to run again and be on a team again and be in an environment where people cared about running and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just not be working all the time mm-hmm. was really nice as well. Um, mostly I served as Ryan Cassidy's, um, semi-training partner. He was really, really fit that winter. He was getting ready for the Pan American Cross Country Cup, I think. And, um, yeah, that winter, as most of the team was doing track stuff on the track, I would go out with Ryan and do hills at Mount Doug Park (laughs) and just get absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. by him, Mm -hmm. but just hold on for dear life. Um, it was a good time. <laughs> I don't doubt it. it. it, it uh, yeah, I think it, it got me into okay shape. I, got... ra- I raced once uh, later in the summer. Didn't do that great. I ran like fifteen twenty, I think, on the track. Portland to Portland. Uh, yeah. yeah. So now we've arrived to Portland. <laughs> I think you're. I, I, you were like fifteen eleven. I think maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we'll call it fifteen. Give yourself 11. a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fifteen oh nine. Hey, maybe. Somebody ran thirty three minutes. Like a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Eighteen minute improvement. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that after like a couple of months with the team, I don't know what it is with like having to make impressions on people, <laughs> but we we like we're in Portland 
the day before and walked around a little bit just to get a sense of the city and not be cooped up in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And Brent had mentioned, like, all right, boys, you guys have a good race, and, like, you know, we'll take you to Voodoo Donuts. And we had, like, walked there, um, or, like, that the day previous to the race, or the, maybe the morning of the race, because the race is in the evening, and just to check it out, and there was, like, a two-and-a-half-hour line. And we're like, oh, we're not waiting in this right now. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we run well, we go here after the race, because it's open 24-7. And um, sure enough, like, most of the guys have a pretty good one. Ben Weir ran 14:26, which is his PB to this day. It was, like, a massive improvement for him. And we're like, all right, stoked. Brent, take us to Voodoo. <laughs> and, and Brent was like, no, I'm tired. <laughs> we're going to Whole Foods for dinner, <laughs> and then you guys are going to go to bed. I was crushed, <laughs> absolutely crushed. I was like, what the heck is this? Like, man, this is no fun. So we get back to our hotel after the race, and I'm I'm kind of, I'll, I'll just be frank, I was fuming. I was like, man, this guy went back on his word. You know what, I'm gonna get to Voodoo. So I start looking up how far away Voodoo Donuts was from our hotel. And we were not in the city. We were quite outside of the city, in fact. And I discovered it was 12 miles away. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, we can't. Nine. <laughs> 12. <laughs> As the Wait. years go by. The anyway, 13, 14. <laughs> anyway, discovered that, so it was not a walk, a bull situation. And then I'm like, okay, we can't walk. And it's, like, pretty late already. By this point, like, I don't know, it was probably 11.30 or 12. We look into maybe we could cab. If a bunch of us cab to Voodoo Donuts, uh, it'd be manageable and uh, it'd be fun. So I look into the cab and it was like 50 American, one way. And I was like, oh, no way, buddy. No chance. <laughs> nope. You know, none of us got that kind of money right now. And I felt kind of defeated. I was like, man, I guess this isn't going to happen. But then a thought came into my mind. I was like, you know... 13 or 9 miles, whatever it was, <laughs> isn't that far. And tomorrow is Sunday anyway. And we are distance runners. What if we ran to Voodoo Donuts at 12.30 at night? And so I started to bug, uh, I think we had the Dirk Horse, who was the <laughs> previous host, uh, Matt, over here, and... Uh, Ben Weir about guys who I think were just like in the rooms next to me. What if we ran to Voodoo? And they're like, no, you're crazy. That's impossible. What are you like? Shut up, Schwab. That's stupid. You're supposed to be the older one. Like, <laughs> no. I didn't call you stupid or anything. Ben definitely did. Ben did. Ben, I was, ben. I was, I was, I was, yeah, I was intrigued, but I was also iron deficient at that point. Yeah. So I was very you tired like, as well. Sold on it. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sold. Dirk, I think right away was like first like shot it down. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk, <laughs> Dirk was like immediately no, shot it down. No, no, not doing that. Not doing that. And I kept like just bugging Ben, and Ben, I don't know if he knows this, but I like to call Ben down for anything Ben Weir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly caught on. Certainly caught on. Um, because Ben's rather excitable, and <laughs> I figured if anyone was going to go on this like a crazy uh, crazy run with shot. me, it was going to be Ben. And he, he actually fought the he fought harder than Matt did. And I had just about given up after, like, another half hour of pestering. So, like, I started pestering him at 1230. By the time 
you know, I'd started to wind it down. It was one o'clock and figured, okay, probably should just head to bed. He finally caved. I don't know what did it. And he was like, you know what? I am 100% sold on this endeavor. <laughs> and from then I was like, okay. We like Googled, Google mapped how to get to, to Voodoo Donuts from our hotel. Matt, I think, drew a little map yeah. on his forearm. We knew it. For we, we knew it. We knew it. <laughs> like turn by <laughs> turn directions. And we just set off on this wild, wild ride to Voodoo Donuts. Um, along the way, we got like pulled over by a cop. We we were singing songs. Oh, some great tunes. Some great tunes to keep up the morale. Ben knows so many just, like, no Irish of... tunes and like <laughs> Newfoundland shanties is what he called them. And I'm the one from Newfoundland. I don't yeah, even know. Matt didn't know any of them. <laughs> we were just absolutely zooming to crushing ten minute miles. <laughs> so like I don't know, twelve minute Ks, thirteen minute Ks, really really fast, um, and we were having a great time. Yeah, we got pulled over by a cop who told us we weren't supposed to be running in the middle of the freeway at two o'clock in the morning, and we we're just like, that's fine, don't worry, we'll we'll get off at this next exit, <laughs> and uh, he could just kind of like looked at us and drove away like you know I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, let us go on our, our merry way. And so I don't know. I actually forget how long it took us to get there from the hotel. It was, I'm going to say it was like an hour. Like, an hour to run nine miles. It's pretty quick. Probably like an hour and a half. No, 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 no. It was like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. We got there pretty late. Like, it was an hour and a half, two hours. We got there like two or two. Two-thirds. Yeah, two maybe so. even two-thirty. Yeah. Um, and as we're getting a little closer, I, like, am thinking, like, oh, man, we're actually doing this. And the thought comes across my mind that, you know what, this is a pretty good story. I think if I do the talking, we could probably score free donuts. <laughs> I think if we go in with enough enthusiasm and sell our story, these people are going to respect our running game and are going to are gonna do us a solid. <laughs> and sure enough, we had this lovely lady, Valeria was her name. And uh, we just went in. We just told her like, "Oh man, we just wrote, we just ran 15 miles." Our coach he told us that we couldn't come here, but we did it anyway. We snuck out of our hotel. We came all the way from Canada just to get your donuts, and like we heard so many good things about them. And she was like, "Wow, you guys are nuts! Like that sounds cool." We started talking about Game of Thrones because her name was Valeria, and there's you know, Game of Thrones stuff related to Valeria. <laughs> Um, and we just like hit it off and sure enough, she was like, how, how did it even work? I think we chose our donuts. Like we, we were scouting donuts. the donuts. Yeah, yeah, oh man, that one looks yeah, we, awesome. Like, we, just, we just talked up all the donuts. We yeah. just like, we're like super enthusiastic about their product. We're like, wow, this all looks and smells so good. And she's like, yeah, cool. So which one do you guys want? And we're like, this one, she was like pointing up and telling us the name. There was like the dirty old man, the, the dirty old bastard, dirty old bastard, exactly. the cock and balls. <laughs> that speaks for itself. A donut the shape, shape. The uh, shape, yeah. The shape, yeah. Um, so we all picked out our, our our donuts, and I, like, go to just, you know, for the courtesy's sake, reach to my back pocket, and she's like, oh, no, guys, this one's on us. Nice. And I was just so pumped. Like, ah, the universe has rewarded me for my idiocy. <laughs> this is a great moment in my life. And uh, we went out, and just, like, we're so stoked, and... Uh, Voodoo Donuts is actually next to a strip club. 
And so we went out in their benches and we sat down on the benches as the bouncer was bouncing people and just took it all in, took in the sight of like our conquest. Boys, we done, we, we done made it. We did good. And yeah, we like each kind of shared our different donuts with each other. Mm. And then we realized we just ate like face sized donuts. These weren't just like any donuts. They're like massive donuts. And uh, we have to now run back. So that was a challenge. I think, I think we walked for a little bit. Let we it we did walk for a little bit. <laughs> we walked for a little bit in the, like, in the city, and then we got back onto the freeway. And then, yeah, long story short, again, not, not that this is a, a short, a long story or anything. Um, we rolled back into our hotel at like 5 a.m. And uh, our van was leaving for Victoria at 7. <laughs> so we had a great night's sleep. <laughs> and uh, had a great story to tell the boys on the way back home. Wow. And, and we already had our long run in. Yeah, so, we're, so we didn't even have to worry about uh, yeah, getting a long run later that day. Yeah. Um, I tried to keep it from Brent at first. Because um, he asked. Like, I think he kind of knew something was up. And I was trying to, like, get the boys not to to say what was going on but um we told him we ended up just confessing and i was like yep i'm gonna be on your team next year how do you feel about that because again <laughs> at this point yeah at this point i wasn't like officially on the team or anything i hadn't like done the time trial in the fall or anything so yeah i don't think he was too pleased but ben went on to to PB in the 1500 later that summer. So it's not like it even affected him or anything. And he went and he actually won the Western Canada games in the 15 and the 5k. So I think if anything, it fueled him to victory later that year. And then of course it like cemented the bonds for what would be a historic national championship on, uh, on Guelph's home turf later that fall. Right. Um, at what point in that year did you kind of realize that something was special, you think? Yeah. Okay. So fast wait, forward. wait, wait. Yeah, let's let's get yeah. to the build up. We gotta yeah, build it build up. up. Sure. I wasn't around. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> all fascinated uh, to hear this. Oh man. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. I guess like I feel, like I had one race, um, like that Portland race didn't go particularly great, but I felt like, yeah. Okay. Like I'm in all right shape. This will be uh, maybe a fun season to be on the team. I wasn't sure. I had two years of eligibility, and I, I was at that point thinking I was gonna finish my degree and just like the the following year did not work out <laughs> um but yeah so i just like went over the summer and just uh tried to build up my miles and um enjoyed being in victoria without working 70 hours a week in the summer and it was pretty great um that summer there was sort of some turmoil on the team a little bit there was um uncertainty as to who amongst the older runners was going to come back. Um, Olivier Collin, uh, Dylan Haight, uh, Ryan Cassidy, um, were all uncertain about if they wanted to continue with the Vikes. Um, Ryan at that point, I think was wanting to focus on school and, uh, Olivier, who is a great guy, shout out to him, um, has huge talent, but has had, a or, had a really rough go with the injuries throughout his career I think was maybe thinking that he would, didn't want to continue on uh, dealing with all that mess as he had for the past uh, few years um, I think there was like a, a meeting of the minds I think with 
with Cole, our team captain, and Brent trying to convince him to come back. So we went into the the time trial at the beginning of the year unsure like if major members of the team were still going to be there and like what the quality of the team was going to look like uh, the next year. Um, Ryan at the start of the year actually like even after the time trial had told Brent that he wasn't coming back was just going to focus on school uh, it was like his last year of uh, in the kinesiology program at UVic which was pretty intensive and I think Olivier might have told Brent like he might have just actually just showed up to the time trial and said hey I guess I'm going to do this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were unable to convince Dylan Haight to come back which was too bad um, I've, I didn't really get to know him very very well but He's a great guy, um, but that was like a pretty big blow talent-wise. He's like a super talented runner. Um, Matt, you might know his PBs better than I do, but has I don't know his PBs, but he, he at the Canadian junior at the junior team. level he uh, once took down Mister uh, Erno wait no wait never mind. Um, he was pretty. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking of Olivia. Olivia took down Mohamed. Yeah, Mohamed. Dylan Mohamed. Dylan uh, went went uh, pretty close head to head with him, but. Uh, but it was anyway, super good. Yeah, all, all Canadian runner. performer mm-hmm. um, that wasn't going to be on the team anymore. So yeah, we weren't sure what the team was going to look like or how we were going to do that year. Ryan, because he was convinced that he wasn't going to come back to the team, didn't train at all over the summer. But to be fair, that's something that Ryan might do anyway. He usually runs <laughs> approximately two months a year, or he did when back in uh, back in back, back in, in peak day. in peak running. Ryan would days. show up to to camp in September and that was the start of his base training and then miraculously get into all Canadian mm-hmm. shape after two and a half months of training um, anyway um, so our first meet of the season was down in Oregon in Salem and it went okay uh, Forrest Simpson came into the into the camp in phenomenal shape that year. Holy! Yeah. And uh, he won he won that race individually, and I think Olivier ran all right considering um, how much that he had been running. He was doing a lot of cross training um, that season and that summer, I guess as well. And then I was I think third on the team that meet, but it didn't really look like. I don't know, we had a lot of depth, I guess. There wasn't mm-hmm. much to be excited about. So we figured, uh, we just based on that race, like maybe maybe we can like get into the top five or something and that would be a good season. It's a pretty low expectation. Oh yeah. yeah. Tracky certainly didn't didn't, did, yeah, did not care. Not I mean they always respect. tear us down at that first meet, but they <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. I think Ryan ran like twenty six thirty or twenty seven minutes even for eight, for eight, for eight k. Oh yeah, because that was that was he like was, his second was, week of running. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty good if you consider the fact that it was his second week of running. No, he like literally detrained completely and then started Ryan, up in September. Ryan was heavy when he came in. He was <laughs> thick with two C's <laughs> coming in to that year. Yeah. Um. But basically, yeah, we just like improved every meet. Um. So tell we, us about... we went to yeah we went we went to Bellingham that went like better than the in Bellingham Washington we, we that's like a race that we usually do the and Washington, yeah. um, fun course and yeah that went better than the one previous and um, Ryan yeah Ryan always like has like thirty second jumps in fitness basically every race <laughs> so we felt a little better um, and then 
we PC clubs, PC clubs, mm-hmm. the yeah, big, the big the, breakthrough, the big breakthrough yeah. for me personally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, going into that race, uh, by that point, Forrest had actually been hurt, so didn't or had like a minor injury going into BC clubs and didn't race, uh, which was too bad because he's from Nanaimo and he was being hosted in Nanaimo that year. Um, and I kind of saw, like, I didn't have a great race in Bellingham and wanted to um, bounce back and have some, have a good race um, bef- going into CIs, which would have been uh, two and a half, two, like, really two yeah. weeks after that. And um, just cement my place on the team. Because at that point, there was, like, I don't think there was any guarantee that I'd, anyone had a spot on the team going to CIs. And, yeah, um there wasn't anything particularly special about how I felt before the race. Um, my girlfriend, now fiance, uh, did show up. So I wanted, I remember thinking like, all right, well, like she drove all the way up to Nanaimo and she's not particularly fond of sports. So I better <laughs> make this worth her while. Right. Um, yeah. And like the gun went off and, um, I felt okay after the first loop, but, and found myself in like an, okay position and then as the race went on it's just basically the the course in Nanaimo for those of you who haven't been there like four laps four loops <laughs> yeah four loops that was at that point like there was a first year hosting BC clubs actually that was allegedly 8k that is definitely long the classic the classic it was a long race yeah 8.5k <laughs> if anything anyway so four approximately 2k loops and I just felt better and better uh, throughout the race and with a little more than a lap to go, um, I had caught up to Olivier. And at that point, I was kind of freaking out because I was like, oh, man, like, I'm having a good one. <laughs> like, I knew Olivier was in pretty good shape going into that race. And also, I just had a lot of respect for him and what he's done in the sport. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, super talented guy, ran 146.09 and 338. I think as a 19 year old, um, before running into a lot of injury problems. So in my mind, he was like, you know, as good as they come. And I was right on his tail. And from that point, we kind of just worked together and, um, we're kind of like going back and forth, racing each other. And, um, I was getting like more and more excited. I'm like later in the race and like still feeling really good. And I was ahead of quite a lot of pretty good runners. And, um, at some at one point, like I think both of us thought that we could have maybe closed the gap to the to the leaders. We were pretty close to them, but just didn't go soon enough. Um, but ended up finishing fifth at BC Clubs, and like across the line, it was like twenty three. Or no, no, it was like it was twenty two. Yeah, it was like twenty two forty five for eight k. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna say that's eight k. And I was like freaking out. I. That was the best race that I'd had in like years and years. So like, I don't know, by far the best race of my life, I would say at that point. Um, and like, for me, represented like a major accomplishment. Everyone I think ahead of me had represented Canada at some point, either at a junior or senior level. Jesus. Like, like Chris Winter, uh, Luke Brichet, uh, Declan White, and uh, Olivia Colon were in front of me. And uh, there were some pretty good guys in that race that year. Uh, I think Theo Hunt and um, a lot of the UBC athletes, um, Ryan Brockerville. Yeah, I just felt really good about how it worked out. And, like, 
and then afterwards someone told me that it made team bc and i was like oh man that's so cool and it was like not on my radar at all i'd like I didn't really know what that really meant, but I just knew it was good and that I would be able to go to nationals. I was pretty pumped. So that was my first like provincial team since I since I'd gone to high school in the states. Like I, I hadn't really done any of the like um, Canadian nationals or um, Canadian like provincial championships. I I just like ended my season always in the states and never went up to Canada at all to race in my running career. So that was like pretty cool for me to. Um, I guess come home and and really feel embraced by the running community in Canada, um, and like I'd felt I'd found my place. Um, yeah, so I felt I felt great. Like it was a huge amount of like um, confidence after that race, and I think at that point is where I thought that we were going to win in two weeks. Really? Yeah. After that race, yeah. uh, based on how how Olivier did, even though Ryan or rather um, Forrest didn't race. Um, I thought if Forrest manages to get healthy in time for CIs, the only way we're going to lose is if I screw up. Um, <laughs> if I if I like if I mess up if I joke, like then we 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 might not win. But it, like if if I do what I'm supposed to do, and I just had so much confidence that everyone else, Ryan, Olivier, Forrest, uh, Ben, Cody. Matt, we're gonna show up on the day that um, we had a really good chance. Like after, at that point, it was in my mind. I think I was probably one of the only ones, like thinking that we're gonna do this. And Ryan had on that day like an okay day, but for me, I saw that it was like close enough to Ryan's ability that come CIs, <laughs> he was gonna do what he did every single year. And his exponential progression. Yeah, it career. really is. It's like it's it, it, it's it's amazing how much like fitness he can gain in such a short time but yeah I, I was super confident after that race and um i i don't think anyone else in canada thought that we had a, a good chance to win it um but we were all pretty confident in ourselves and in our training and uh we lined up and um i was felt actually my still myself like i was pretty weary on the day uh, i got really nervous before races uh, like really really nervous and I didn't sleep at all uh, the night before the race like maybe got an hour hour and a half of sleep just kept turning and then I woke up and like wasn't able to down any breakfast I tried to get like a few bagels in me and I think I ended up like actually puking in the hallway of the hotel I remember that as I tried to like compose myself felt really bad for the hotel cleaning staff it was i was like oh god what am i doing they had the after party that night anyway so it yeah. didn't really matter <laughs> um but yeah like i was i felt like crap that morning of but i just in my head tried to tell myself like you know what this doesn't really matter like you're fit and all the boys are fit and uh we're gonna do this and uh yeah we lined up and gun was uh, went off and like three of our guys went straight to the front olivier um so going back to what we mentioned earlier, back in his junior days, it actually been Mo Ahmed on that very course for the Junior Cross Country Championships. Uh, yeah, I forgot the year, um, but it was like a really dramatic race. And so I think he was like feeling really excited to be back on that course. And like, I think Guelph's course is very well marked out and they have like 400, 500, 1K marks. And when I went back to watch it, and I don't think it's that much of a stretch. It showed that he he went through in like sixty two in no. four hundred. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I like maybe I don't know exactly how well marked off, but I feel like the crew at 
like Speed River and DSD like know what they're doing. He like he went off like a cannon. And I remember like looking up, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> either Olivia's just gonna drop the hammer or this is not a good sign. But he settled down like pretty quickly after that. Um, yeah, I got I kind of was in the back of like the the front group and decided after one loop that the pace was a little hot for me, so backed off and uh, just kind of looked up and saw that we had three guys up front. So I figured, okay, like if we have three in the in the main group and I can like just hold on to my position, like we'll be in a pretty good place team wise and points wise. And just uh, luckily there was a runner for McMaster, I think Taylor Forbes, that was in the same mind frame as I was, I guess. And uh, we just raced for most of the race going back and forth. Um, and yeah, as the people fell off in the main group, we would just pick them off together. and. Um, I just kept doing that. I think I started at like 25th or so and moved up the whole time. Like no one passed me, I think, during the whole race. And going up the final stretch, the Guelph course ends uphill and everyone kind of congregates to the either side of the hill on like the finishing finishing shoot. And uh, I just remember like making that final turn. Yuichi, one of our assistant coaches, was like on the corner just like going nuts like come on come on go 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 and i i think i felt or like heard a bunch of runners behind me that were like getting ready for the final kick and just like closed my eyes gritted my teeth and went as hard as i could up the hill um and at some point like halfway through the hill i think i felt like oh that's it i blew my load like that's i hit the wall and then a second wave of sound i think as i reached like the very end of the shoot as more people were towards the end like hit me again and found a second wind and um end up winning a kick against um another runner from mcmaster whose name right now is uh connor darlington darlington yeah Yeah. me and him are finishing out the stretch and then yeah I, i i finished and i was like okay what happened um, I, I I looked up and I saw there were three Vikes in front of me and I, I knew I was in a pretty good position. I thought I was like between 10th and 12th. So I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty yeah. good. Excited, like if, yeah. if we're like, if I just finished and like there are three guys in front of me, like we're doing pretty good. So we're all turning around, waiting to see what's going on behind, behind me and waiting for our fifth to come through. Um, and we're waiting and waiting waiting thinking oh boy and we're just getting a little more nervous and then we finally see Cody uh Cody Terry and cross the line and he I think he he was like 42nd or something and we're like oh it's gonna be tight it's gonna be really really tight and like there was that couple minutes between our scores crossing the line and them announcing it we were just like hoping and then they announced it that you know in with 72 points or whatever. And it ended up being 69, <laughs> which is pretty great. Um, Uvic unofficially wins the CIS National Championship, oh, and we man. just lost it. It was such a cool feeling. I I felt so happy, and we were all just so proud of ourselves. And um, I think we all, like, felt we all felt kind of like vindicated somewhat because you know we had to check on our shoulders coming in thinking that we were like not very highly ranked and um 
and we just did it on Guelph's course. And of course, at that time, Guelph was trying to win the most consecutive men's CIS championships in any sport. They'd won like nine or ten in a row, yeah. and if they'd won the tenth or the eleventh or whatever it was going to be, it would have been the longest winning streak in Canadian university sports history. Right. So to be able to beat them on their course was a lot of fun and pretty cool. Definitely, I think like especially remember I was watching that race and I was kind of deciding like where universities I really wanted to go because I think I was I was in grade eleven that year I believe mm-hmm. so it's kind of familiar. And I remember like watching Olivia come to race I'm like oh man like this is Uvic guy like this is so cool this like, is good. yeah and yeah. like I saw like Uvic oh and then, like and then, like saw like whatever like was like twenty thirty minutes there the race one and they like. So you'd be going like, oh, like, and then, and then, honestly, at that moment, I was like, decided, like, I, I want to be part of this team. Yeah. Like, that was a really mm-hmm. defining Had, moment for me it personally. Was, I think it was a really, it's a really cool imagery having, like, yeah, three guys in Vikes colors all come, like, in the, seeing them run together in that main pack um, was pretty cool. And, like, other guys kept falling off and the Vikes were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was, it's cool look, looking back and, like, looking at the race video and, like, reliving it. It was definitely a yeah, cool feeling. Yeah, I just remember um, at the end of that race, my race was terrible, and I, I remember being a bit disappointed in that, or quite disappointed in that at the start. And then I just yeah. looked over at the boys, and I just saw it just, just like, just like pure, absolute, just joy. And like Forrest was crying, and Ryan was just like doing his thing where he just like screams of absolute <laughs> pleasure. And yeah, was just seeing all you guys, that was like such a moment of inspiration and like knowing the comeback that you that you made over the previous year and like Forrest coming off basically a I don't I don't know pretty pretty bad stretch yeah yeah I think was that a stress fracture I can't remember it probably was so yeah like going back into it like we after BC's um we did a workout at Cedar Hill golf course which is um pretty close to campus and it's the place we go a lot for for training um just like nice uh like chip uh, wood chip trail and um some pretty good hills and uh yeah we did like kind of uh some kind of hybrid tempo steady state type workout on that trail and it was Forrest's first time running since the week after Bellingham so he had been off of running for two weeks and it was sort of a test to see if he was going to be able to go for uh for CIs and midway through he dropped out and I looked at I could like after after the workout me and Ryan finished the workout together and we both kind of were saying, oh, man, I don't I don't think he's going to be able to run at CIs. Like, we were, like, kind of, I don't know, coming to grips with the fact that maybe this isn't going to be the fairy tale ending that we thought it was going to be. And Forrest is a pretty quiet person, usually, and not very expressive um, emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> the international man of mystery. Yeah, exactly. He's more onto himself uh yeah just in personality and 
you could tell he was pretty upset like for, to to be able to tell any kind of like emotional force <laughs> face is like a pretty big deal whether it's happy or sad whatever and he was pretty he was pretty bad and just like kind of hunched over and like punching at the ground kind of and we're like uh that might be it and we were yeah we just kind of made our peace with it and like figured like oh man well there there goes that that idea like of us winning and it wasn't until um so i guess that was like the wednesday after bc clubs it wasn't until right before we left that there was saturday before we left for um for guelph that forrest tried running again and did um a workout at Beacon Hill Park. It was a 2K uh, repeat workout. That yeah, he came back and did that workout. Looked great. Somehow miraculously, like his his foot held up through that, and he decided, "Dick, boys, I'm not missing this." And uh, I I think he was still hurt, but maybe just um, wanted to put on a good show for us of maybe give us a little more confidence that hey, maybe this is still going to happen and. Um, he was definitely running through some pain, I guess is what I was trying to get through. Like he, he was not in his top form or was completely comfortable out there and still managed to get ninth at CIs. And there was actually a time, I think before, um, before he got hurt, um, but like in the lead up to Bellingham where he was just looking incredible in workouts, um, just really, really, really good. And Ryan came up to him in between reps, I think, one time and said, you know, like, Forrest, if you keep running like this, you might be able to win the whole thing. And Forrest just kind of looked at him and was like, yeah, don't tell me that. And I think he kind of realized, like, then that, like, Ryan, of all people, has, like, been at that level before pretty close. It's consistently, like, first-team All-Canadian. Might have been onto something. Which so it was too bad that the the way it ended up happening and him having to deal with that injury, but yeah, he was he was in unreal shape, and despite being off basically for the two weeks before CIs, still managed to get ninth. Like says a lot about not just his talent, which he has so much of, but also his grit and toughness as an athlete. Mm-hmm. I was just like super proud of him after the race in particular for the way he did, and then also. Um, Cody Terrian fell right at the start of that race uh, in Guelph. The Guelph course, for those of you that haven't run it, narrows very, very quickly. And he got knocked down and actually got kneed in the head as he was falling down mm-hmm. and suffered a concussion, which we didn't know until after the race. And he held on to be our fifth scorer uh, for the championship. So, 42nd, yeah. Yeah, so like if he had been even two places lower, we would have lost. So he stayed in the race despite having a concussion. Again, like some pretty wild stories. Like another really, really tough athlete. Um, someone that had his fair share of bad luck throughout his career at UVic, unfortunately, but also a very talented runner and a tough person. Um, yeah, sorry, I kind of like <laughs> jumped in there. No, that's, that's exactly, yeah. That's that that sums up that whole that whole kind of dream fairy tale story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okie doke. That marks the end of part two in Schwab Saga. Uh, join us next time for the conclusion in this uh, three part series. 
where Schwab tells us about his, uh, his final year as a Vike uh, and his postgraduate life uh, on and off the running circuit. So uh, be sure to tune in, and uh, until then, keep on crushing it. We'll see you next time.